Prepare to experience the strongest radio allowable by law. Secrets will be revealed. Myths dispelled. From the studio gym where excuses never apply. It's Superhuman Radio with your host, Carl Lenore. And do we have a great show for you today, and an appropriate show, since most of the nation seems to be clad in ice and snow and it's cold out there. Nate Morrison is going to deliver a fantastic show on cold weather training. There's a lot to think about. Before we get started, I want to mention um, two things. First of all, this show is being brought to you by, in part, a a special sponsorship uh, from Redcon One, R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one com. Some of the most intelligently thought out products I've ever seen. I love their MRE. It's made with salmon, and it's made with uh, other natural forms of pro. I mean, it's not. It's 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 it, this is such a well thought out product. It's just unbelievable. You got to check them out. Redcon One, and of course, Nate's website, which is militarymultisport.com. If you're inspired by any of the things that we discuss here, you can get in touch with Nate directly and have a one on one. Um, working relationship with him or one of the uh, people at his facility. How you doing, Nate? Doing great today, except for, well, it's negative 10 right now. I mean, it's cold everywhere. Everybody I talk to is cold. I texted my daughter and asked her if it was cold in New York. I thought she was going to New York from here. Uh, she went uh-huh. to Me- she went to Mexico. She said, no, it's not cold where I am, Dad. Um, nice move. Yeah, I know, right? Smart, smart girl. But, um... Military Fitness Radio, while we, while we are talking to those who are engaged in this type of discipline uh, in the military, the reality is that anybody could get good, very, very uh, hardcore, straight-to-the-point information from listening to this show. You don't have to aspire to be a special ops guy. It helps because you, you need this if you are. But if you're not a spec ops guy and you're just a guy who really wants to stay in great shape, this is the best information out there, isn't it? It really is, and and you know it's not just that, Carl. But there's a lot of folks that want to make a transition, uh, and they just don't know, they don't understand how, or they want to get into um, they want to get into running or uh, or true multi sport, you know, so triathlon or adventure sport, adventure racing, still a big thing out there, um, you know. So it's there's not a lot of sources of information for anything that's other than how to grow your biceps. In, you know, an inch in two weeks, kind of thing. Well, and, and, and that's when, where and when, we're unique. And when you think about it, right? So, we can all agree that warriors are the ultimate when it comes to the physical form and condition, preparedness, the ability to become aggressive, uh, the ability to move fast, agile. Be hidden. No one knows you're there walking. I mean, when you think about the when we go to the movies, who do we go to see? Do we go to see superhero guys who, who you know, pull this stuff off, the secret agents and, and CIA agents? So this is the epitome of human physical condition. But those of you who go, well, yeah, but that's not me. Well, let me ask you a question. If you're going to take piano lessons, who are you going to take piano lessons from? Somebody who lives next door to you who's just moderately better than you are? Or are you going to go to somebody who plays for a living, that, that mm-hmm. reaches that, that, the, 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 the bleeding edge of, of that particular sport or instrument or whatever? 
That's who you want to be taught by. You don't want to be taught by somebody who's just a little bit better than you. And when you when you put that into context of this show, the 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 people who are listening to the show who are not in the military, you're going to be endowed with stuff that the best human being, condition wise, preparedness, strength, uh, agility, cognition, that they're prepared with. That's who you want to learn from, right? Yeah, absolutely, Carl. And, you know, I think there's a big disconnect where folks don't understand that being fit for life, so to speak, is not just, you know, for example, it's not just lifting a heavy weight. It's not having great biceps. You know, if you can't, you know, if you can't walk a certain distance or run a certain distance, um, if you can't overcome an obstacle, I mean, these are, these are the things when, you know, when life turns really nasty and ugly, you know, there's no one out there that, that says, well, thank God for the, for the big packs and, and, you know, my, my 600 pound deadlift. It's always, you know, you had to run, you had to swim or you had to climb to get out of that, or you had to fight to get out of whatever it was. Right. And, you know, so if you're not doing those things, I'm not saying that, that strength and hypertrophy is bad because it's not. But in the absence of everything else, it's it's a disaster. Yeah. So, you know, fit for life is a lot more than... And, and I think, you know, I've, I've kind of come to the conclusion, especially now that I've been doing a lot more remote coaching online, a lot of us have, have really, by society, we've become, quite frankly, and I, I hate to say this about my fellow Americans, but we've, we've become damned lazy. And, and it's, you know, people's opinions are, well, you know, if I can't do it at the gym, forget it. Like, well, you're not serious about much of anything, are you? You know, that's that's about the laziest opinion I've ever seen in my right. life is that, well, you know, if I can't do it at the local ballets, forget it, not really interested. Like, well, that that's a reflection of the rest of your life, isn't it? You know? Yeah. I have a feeling there's a lot more missing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so, I agree. I agree. I agree a thousand percent. And, and that aggressive mindset, you know, you, you have to have that in life to be successful at life. I mean... You know, no matter the, what it is, the, right? The, yeah, the, I, 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 I've been, athlete, I've been. You know, it's funny. Yeah. you talk about. Uh, so when you're a, that's a great point. I don't want to. I want to get back into our show here, but mm-hmm. two things I want to mention. When you learn to be aggressive, you can be aggressive in all different planes and facets yeah. of your life. You're not afraid yeah. to be aggressive. I just had a guy that I've been trying to get to sit down and hammer out a deal with me and and give me money. That's the hardest thing to do, right? Next to killing somebody, get them to give you money. And he said, I'm in the air, but when I land, I will call you. And then he texted me, I love your persistence. Because people, because people respect people who know what they want and go and, and, and go after it. And that's his form of aggression. And let's not forget, I did a show probably, I don't know, nine years ago about grunting. Uh, and why, uh-huh. you know why grunting makes you stronger in the gym, and it does anywhere from two and a half to five percent increases in strength output when you grunt. But it can't yeah. be phony; it's got to be a real grunt. And you know why? Because it's called vocal disinhibition. Displaying uh-huh. displaying strength has mm-hmm. has always put other less strong people in a feeling of discomfort. So you became, yeah. so we became inhibited as part of civilized interaction in life. And so oh, you yeah. have to be disinhibited in order to execute at at peak performance and strength. And isn't that what oh, we're yeah. talking about, turning on the aggression, being able to turn on aggression? Yeah. Yep. Just doing it. You know, I, I've always loved that saying from Nike, just do it. Just yeah. get in there and do it. Is it going to hurt? Maybe. Who cares? Do it. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. The consequences is, is you go nowhere. You, you don't accomplish much of anything. And, you know, you see that in most of these guys that, that aren't interested. They're, they're the guys that never really accomplish what they this is This is the funny thing. Even in the gym, they never accomplish what they think they're going to or they say they're going to. They're more or less failures throughout everything in their life. I to agree. include the gym. Right. You know, so... Right. Because they're usually not very strong. <laughs> well, and and then throw and then throw into the mix training in cold weather because this is something that yeah. challenges. Uh, I've always said, if you have any weak links in your physiology, you will find them if you're doing any kind of strenuous exercise in the cold. Shoveling snow. Oh yeah. You hear about people just fall, falling over with a heart attack shoveling snow. Hemodynamics yeah. change. Let's talk about this. So. What typically constitutes what you would call cold weather? So, so to me, when I look at cold weather, is it's anything that's between 40 and 15 degrees. And, you know, obviously 32 degrees Fahrenheit is, is where the freezing level is. And so um, we go a little bit above that and a good bit below it. And what's interesting is that when it comes to quote-unquote cold weather, what I'm doing is I'm incorporating... And actually, you know, it could honestly be, it could be 50 and below because if you're, if it's 50 degrees and you're wet, you can die from hypothermia. In a really? Heartbeat. So, oh yeah. Oh yeah. 50 degrees, even 60 degrees and wet, you can get hypothermia. No problem. So the, the problems, but, but where the problems really become acute is about 40 degrees where, where you know it and you know it fast. So, That's so, so see go, now here, so oh, he, oh. I, had you not told me this now, I would mm-hmm. probably put myself in harm's way. Not real. I would think, oh, it's only forty degrees out, and I'll run out with not enough clothing on, maybe to shovel some snow. And yeah. I don't think of forty degrees as being as being like life threatening cold, but it really can be. It can be absolutely, yeah. And, and the more the more uh, wet your skin gets, the worse. So whether it's rain or it's mist or it's sweat, you you have you know you very quickly run into problems, um, depending on what your fitness level is and all that. Um, you know, what, what you've got for clothing, what, uh, how, how far away from shelter and heat you are. Um, this is where, you know, someone goes for a walk in the woods, they get lost and they die of yeah. hypothermia. And they say, well, but it was only 45 degrees. Yeah, well, yeah. that's all it took. Okay, so then, then but right now in most of the country, it's below you know, 16, 15 degrees right now. Um, yeah. And places like where you are, it's, it's sub-zero right now. So that's what would, that's extreme cold weather? That's what I call extreme cold weather because below 15 degrees, um, things change. And there's a lot of things that change. For example, uh, when it comes to the wind chill chart, it's at about 15 degrees where any amount of wind starts to make an exponential difference on your experience of temperature mm. and exponentially impacts um, the, the, the effect that that cold and that wind has on you. Um, so things start to get extremely dangerous at that point. And you'll notice that there's a lot of things when it comes to clothing that changed fairly dramatically. So, for example, I have a pair of boots that I wear that, that has no, no Gore-Tex and actually air moves very rapidly through those boots. Mm-hmm. I can wear those boots even in moderate wind down to 15, maybe 20 degrees. And at that point, those boots, no matter what I'm doing, uh, will not keep my feet warm. 
And so we begin to get into an area where we have to increase the amount of specialization of the clothing that we wear in order just to stay warm and safe. So things start to get really dangerous at 15 degrees. And, of course, the lower that temperature goes, the worse it gets. And it's an exponential danger with every, say, 5 or 10 degrees. I would say every 5 degrees. Um, and by the time you get to 30 below, um, you know, every single degree below 30 below, you really feel it. So you'll, you'll feel the difference, one or two, three, four degrees, and, and you'll know it. So when, when you talk about dangers in, in cold weather, um, are we talking about, you know, a frostbite? You know, you lose the tip of your nose. Uh, he, what, what are we talking about when you talk about the real damage to the body? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we can start from kind of going from the, uh, the outside in, I guess. Um, right off the bat, uh, and, and I should mention, not only is, is cold an issue, but, but wind is what makes everything so much worse because it's now moving that, that cold air at high speed. Mm. And that, that amplifies the effect of the cold. So that's where you get, like if you get on your uh, weather apps, it'll say, feels like it's usually because there's, say, five knots of wind <laughs> and, you know, 10 degrees with five knots of wind feels like, you know, something like five or 10 below zero or something right, like that. Right. Um, I don't have the chart in front of me. Uh, but at any rate, so right off the bat, um, cooling of the skin becomes a problem. So we normally think of bundling up, uh, but you have to think the areas that are of most risk are those areas that have the least amount of blood flow. So this is fingers, toes, noses, and actually your cheeks. And then for me, uh, and and also, then for, for me my brain. <laughs> Some of us, yeah. There's very little blood flow going on. Uh, right. right. Yeah. And our ears. Yeah. And there our you go. ears. Yeah. Um, so these are open, immediately open, especially the face, to what's called wind burn or chafing. And that's basically that that air is drying the skin out. It's, it's um, damaging the skin. Just the cold itself damages the skin. And so then we get dry, cracked, um, uh, rough skin that can actually bleed inside of a day or less. Um, wow. Of course, if you rub it, um, it can damage it. And those are, and of course, if that goes too far, you'll get frost nip, which isn't permanent tissue damage, but it's tissue damage nonetheless. Mm -hmm. um, and then that can eventually turn into frost bite in all of those areas. So those are your big, your big risk areas, fingers, toes, uh, nose, cheeks, ears. Uh, of course, it can affect more than that. It just depends on, but those are your, greatest risk um, areas because of blood flow. We have so little blood flow um, in those areas. So, of course, frostbite, I mean, that can get really bad. You can lose toes and fingers and ears and noses from that. Um, now, that's more kind of a mountaineering thing, but if you get lost in the woods, you're, you're going to have some problems. Well, what about, um, what about what, so we know that the, the, the blood thickens in the cold, the hemodynamics change, the, the strain on the heart, the strain on the blood vessels that, you know, the, if the blood is thickening, it, it's putting more pressure at, at, at where they turn. Um, right. Do, does this come into play with a well-trained, uh, well-conditioned individual, or is that really not even an issue? Well, we have to back up just for a moment because we have to examine the cause of that, and that cause is dehydration. Really? And, and yeah, cold weather, and, of course, the colder it gets, the drier the air is. So this is, and this is actually part of why your experience of cold varies depending on the, on the ambient humidity. So if it's very humid, well, 
I'll just tell a quick story. Uh, back in 92 or 93 up here, on the 15th of December, the temperature went down to 40 below zero, and it did not come back up above zero until President's Day. So we had a nice long run of sub-zero temperatures. And I have to tell you, it was one of the best winters I've ever had. Uh, you had to drink a lot of water, um, but you really didn't need to bundle up that badly. You know, just some wool long underwear, a wool sweater, um, and, and heavy cotton uh, overcoat and pants. It was fine. A good pair of boots, hats, gloves. Then it changed. It went up to about 25 degrees, and we had a lot of humidity come in, and I could not put on enough clothes. I thought I was going to die. It was, it was so cold to me, wow. that experience, just because of the humidity. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand, when the temperature is as cold as it is nationwide, apparently with the exception of, of uh, Florida. Right, right. <laughs> They're still in the 70s. Right. Um, it, it, it draws, you know, the evaporation loss that you get just off your skin increases. And the amount that you lose just by breathing increases. Wow. And so that's what affects those hemodynamics. So you have to almost double your, your water intake, certainly bump it up by 50%, if not double it when it's extremely cold to offset that problem. And so what you're saying is, and this makes sense, because we now know that the reason that, well, anyway, that's a different interview, but (laughs) uh, we know that blood pressure goes up as a person becomes more dehydrated. Hemodynamics Mm -hmm. change. So it sounds to me that salting your food when you eat for outdoors, and I know we're going to talk about food later, but I got to believe salting your food, don't tell me, we'll find out. Mm -hmm. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll pick this up. This is going to be fascinating discussion, I can promise you. You're listening to Military Fitness Radio. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Carl. Start your day just like I do with a high-dose lipospheric vitamin C from Live On Labs. You, too, can benefit from Live On Labs' lipospheric delivery system. No more pills or powders. That's outdated technology. Live On Labs has the world's most efficient vitamin delivery system, period. Learn a lot more today at liveonlabs.com and benefit from their new reduced pricing. That's liveonlabs.com, L-I-V-O-N, labs.com. Eat dessert again with the new 100% natural line of high-protein, low-carb Quest protein bars. I love lemon cream pie and strawberry cheesecake, but you can choose from chocolate peanut butter, coconut cashew, or cinnamon roll as well. No matter which one you try, you'll feel like you're eating dessert. But this is no ordinary dessert. With 20 grams of high-quality whey protein isolate, 17 grams of prebiotic fiber, and sweetened with stevia, These bars will make you feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest Protein Bar banner ad to learn more about these clean and delicious protein bars. There are a few products that I believe in the way I believe in Can-See Eye Drops. I've been using Can-See for six months now, and the changes in my vision are nothing short of amazing. Wow, that's an old commercial. The truth is I've been using Can-See Eye Drops for 11 years now, and I credit Can-See Eye Drops as being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at 58 years old. Can-See Eye Drops improve the quality and health of your eyes indefinitely. That's why I both use and endorse Can-See Eye Drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com and learn about how Can-See Eye Drops can improve the health of your eyes and the quality of your vision today. If you suffer from abdominal bloating, relief is here. Introducing Atrantil. Developed by a board-certified gastroenterologist, it relieves bloating where it starts, in the small bowel. 
That's why works while other remedies don't. In clinical trials, 88% of bloating sufferers who use prescription medications with no relief found relieve their symptoms. And it's available without a prescription because is made from a patented molecular combination of botanical extracts. It's not a probiotic. Plus, it's natural, vegan, gluten-free, and non-GMO. A-T-R-A-N-T-I-L Atrontil Atrontil Even the name is proven to make you feel better. Go to lovemytummy.com and use code SHR for 10% off. That's code SHR at lovemytummy.com. Lovemytummy.com. Anabolicminds.com is the premier website for credible information on building muscle, burning fat, supplementation, and more. With over 100,000 active registered members and over 2.5 million posts, it's one of the largest communities on the Internet to get help and answers to your questions. It's also the place that the official Superhuman Radio Forum is hosted. Visit AnabolicMinds.com today and get into the action. AnabolicMinds.com. Learn. Teach. Lead. U.S. Wellness Meats is the leader in home-delivered, high-quality animal protein. Grass-fed beef, lamb, bison, and dairy. Plus, wild-caught seafood, heritage pork, and free-range poultry. Everything delivered right to your door within days of your order. There is no one better to supply you and your family with the highest-quality pastured meat product and dairy than U.S. Wellness Meats. Save 15% off when you use the coupon code SHR. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the U.S. Wellness Meats banner ad today this is the superhuman channel evolution just got kicked up a notch and on the welcome back this is military fitness radio brought to you by nate morrison and his website military if anything you hear intrigues you and you want to take your your physique your i don't even want to say physique you want to take your strength and conditioning and executable skills to all new levels Reach out to them and uh, and they'll work with you one on one. Okay, so I kind of went and got ahead of myself with that whole thing about salt. Um, should <laughs> should people even train in the cold weather? Well, yes, yeah, they should actually because well, well, gosh, there's so many reasons. But for one, cold weather shouldn't shouldn't slow you down. It has you know it has unique demands that it makes on you, but it's actually very good for you and very healthy for you. And you have to remember, human beings have been surviving in this weather for, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. So this is part of our natural environment. Uh, It's only been in the last few decades that human beings can retreat into their home and never come out while the snow is out there and everything. And if you have any interest in, in physicality and physical culture and being a physical person in any pursuit that you have, you really need to get out into this weather, and you need to experience it, live it, and train in it. Um, it it's better for your health. It's better for your mindset. It's actually, especially in the winter time, you know, all these folks that, you know, for example, up here in Vermont, they sit around and and they bitch and they moan and they complain about you know oh, the winter and this and that. And you look at what they do. They sit inside the house next to the heater all day long. Of course, they want that, you know, and, and they want uh, Florida and all this. They're depressed. Why? Because they're not being physically active. They're not going out there and feeling the stimulation of the cold. You know, so it's 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 really quite important. And let's not forget winter sports. I mean, there's there's skiing and snowmobiling. Actually, there's multiple forms of skiing: snowshoeing, alpinism, mountaineering, 
all of these things are, are winter sports. So, yeah, we should do it. <laughs> so how do you dress for it? I mean, do you just bundle up with everything you can? Then you, then you have no mobility at all. Right, right. Well, so we should absolutely talk about that. So when it comes to what we classify as cold weather, that whole even from 50 down to 15, you actually, it'll surprise you how little you need to dress up, especially if you're, if you're doing some kind of physical work. Um, obviously, if you sit still, your requirements for insulation on your body increase, and that's important. But normally what's going to happen is, for example, where, where I train downtown, um, you know, we, we have a, a dojo and a gym, but then for clients to then go do their locomotive work, you know, we've got a two-mile course that they're going to uh, either walk or run. And so they're leaving a, a, a warm-ish gym, and they're going to go out into the outside. Well, all they actually need is something that blocks the wind and a single insulation layer on their torso. They need something that uh, covers their legs, so just a pair of sweatpants is fine. Uh, I prefer a pair of wool socks and regular running shoes and then a hat that covers their ears, preferably not too thick because we don't want them to get too hot, and I'll talk about that in a minute, and then a pair of mittens or gloves to protect their hands. And that's really all you need unless the wind is just out of control. If the wind is really high, then, you know, frankly, I usually just call it off. You know, we'll, we'll do something else in the gym today. Um, because if the wind picks up or the temperature is even lower, then you've got to really uh, change the way that you dress below 15 to 20 degrees. Um, now, the key point here, um, because a lot of folks will say, well, aren't you going to be cold? And the thing is, is that if you're exercising, if you're working, no, you are generating heat. And this is a very critical point that we have to make because the primary concern that you have is, of course, number one, staying warm, but number two, and no less important, is staying dry. In the winter time, we must minimize sweat. I was just going to say, sounds a little, yeah. I'll say again, Carl. I was just going to say, but but I have to believe that wicking sweat away just speeds mm-hmm. you to dehydration. So there's got to be a balance there, right? There, there is, there is, and that um, so that leads to uh, something we can cover, I think, a little bit later in the notes uh, when it when it comes to metabolic efficiency. Okay. Um, but what we do with what we're really doing with how we dress is we are balancing our need to be warm with our with our need to exercise at a certain intensity and stay dry. Mm-hmm. And so we have to develop a strategy where that's all in balance. Um, and then, of course, and, and we'll talk about the other piece of it as well um, in in just a moment. Um, should I get into the extreme cold? at this time. Yeah. Yeah. So well, yeah. how much different is, isn't it just another layer of clothing on what you just already said? Well, no, because remember it, it becomes exponential at this point, uh, mm. the effects of cold. So you actually have to adopt an entirely different strategy when you get below 15 degrees. So when we do that, what happens is we shift where we put on one or two, uh, thick wool socks, 80 to hundred percent wool. Um, then we wear a pair of actual insulated winter boots um, on our on our lower body. We want wool, long underwear, and a shell, whether it's soft shell or a hard shell, um, to block the wind. Now, 
at, at these temperatures, you really have to kind of know what you're doing because there's some folks that will point out that soft shell fabric will move more vapor out and, and away from the body, and that's true. But at a certain point, it's also more porous, and so if you've got a lot of wind coming at you, um, it actually is colder. It's not going to block the wind the way that a hard shell, uh, Gore-Tex, Pertex, or even lined type of garment will. So that's very important to to understand. So you have to be kind of a gear expert at this point, or at least uh, a gear connoisseur to understand what you need to wear in what temperature conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, if it gets too cold, then what you're going to have to do is also on the on the lower body is wear insulated trousers, and that can be thick fleece. It can be um, what, what we used to call Chinese underwear. It's quilted. Um, any number of different options come into play there. A lot, a lot. There's a re- lot. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of artificially heated clothing. In fact, when I was driving in this morning, I talked to my buddy Joey, who was sitting in a tree stand uh, mm-hmm. hunting, um, mm-hmm. and he has a little heater that he brings with him. But he said he doesn't have to turn it on because he has uh, uh, a battery operated vest. He's got uh, shoes that have little disc batteries in them that. That the the, the, yeah. the the insoles heat up, and I remember even when mm-hmm. I was when I was a young man in hunting, we had pocket warmers that had charcoal strips in them. And what about yep. that stuff? Does that stuff come into play, or does that stuff require too much maintenance? And you need batteries, and it just doesn't. It's not worth it. Yeah, it's 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 it doesn't hold up real well. It it, it works fine for guys that are going to go sit in a tree stand, or they're not going to be very mobile. But gotcha. you know gotcha. when you're when you're putting on a lot of miles and everything, it, it, it doesn't work out. You know, it's, okay. it'll last a week. Um, and the other thing is, is you have to remember, those things are great when you're sedentary in that environment. So if you're, if you're, for example, a special forces team sitting in a hole in a mountain in Afghanistan right now, oh, yeah, that would be a great addition. Right. The other thing, just since you brought up the, the warmers, there's – yeah, I mean, when I was growing up, and, and still to this day, they make them all over the place. They, they sell them everywhere. It's those little charcoal-based warmers. The problem is is that um, people don't understand they need oxygen. Right. And so people will throw them in their boots and wonder why they oh, don't Oh, no. You got, they, they only go in your pockets, your jacket pockets, keep your hands warm. But, <laughs> but, you, but when I was a kid, I used to use them. And I used to, yeah. I smelled like a uh, a pot belly stove because that you your right. body picks up that burning charcoal smell and you, all your clothes smell like uh-huh. that, you know. Right, right. Which I like, but um, <laughs> no, <laughs> but I know some other was, ones. Yeah. There's some other ones that are liquid based and they've got a little metal disc in them that you pop, oh. and those don't require oxygen. Those are fabulous. Um, and what I used to do, like you know, whether I whether we were up in the mountains or especially doing. Um, uh, high altitude parachute operations. Um, I had, I forget what the heck they call it, but it's an insulated sleeve that goes across your belly. And I would put one of those inside there and you just jam your hands in there uh-huh. and let them warm up. Yeah. And then when I needed to change course, I would just, you know, pull my hands out, reach up to my parachute toggles and turn the direction I needed. And then they go right back in there. Um, but the thing that's nice about those is that you can boil them in water, and they'll last you for years and years and years. Really? So it just, That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, they're fantastic. You know, a little more expensive, but when you consider it, that's the only thing you'll need for the next five years. I mean, it's well worth it. Let's, um, let, let's go ahead and get into nutrition uh, and, and yeah. hydration now, and then we'll take a break after that, okay? Sure. Okay. 
So obviously you said before that, you know, we started to touch on, you know, I, I asked you, should you salt your food? Because obviously salt helps you re- maintain fluid in blood and keeps you blood more mm-hmm. viscous. Uh, what, what are some of the nutritional strategies? Well, the big thing is that you've got to increase your calories. And you need to increase them by at least 50%. Uh, sometimes you need to double them. Um, and the reason for that is that you have to remember that your body is trying to stay warm. And if you spend a lot of time outdoors, one of the first things you'll, you'll come to understand very quickly is that as you exercise, you, you're burning calories. And when your body starts to get a little bit low, and when, when your body has to start, uh, for example, tapping into fat and protein stores, it takes a lot longer for it to generate uh, ATP and, and glycogen and whatnot from that. So when that happens, you get incredibly, incredibly cold. Mm-hmm. And so you need to really bump up the amount of carbohydrates that you're taking in. Um, you really need to bump up your saturated fat. Um, you know, whether that's from animals or coconut oil is a favorite of mine. Right. Um, as a matter of, sorry, go ahead. No, I said, I was saying, right, right. Yeah. Um, and, and it's easier to get those calories, uh, uh, from dietary fat because of course that's got nine calories instead of four per, per gram. So that's important. Um, uh, but you still, you know, you don't want to, you, you don't want to try to pull one of these deals where you say, well, I'm going to try to be Mr. Ketogenic, and I'm I'm only going to eat fat and all this other you know kind of thing. You've got to have the carbohydrates because that's the fast burning stuff that keeps you warm and keeps you moving, so that the slower processes of breaking that fat down can occur. And as long as you've got that going on, you can actually really pretty dramatically raise your your uh, basal metabolic rate and your core temperature a bit. Um, and in fact, at night, what I love doing if I'm you know, stuck on the side of a mountain or something, I try to bring some coconut oil with me because when I take coconut oil at night, um, you know, say uh, three to four grams of it, it really like, it's like jumpstarting some kind of heater inside my stomach and it just warms my entire body and I'm just warm as can be. If I don't do that, I don't care how big the sleeping bag is, I freeze my butt off. Really? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, um, you, so you said was, increase. So, increase calories by at least what percentage? At least fifty percent. Hmm, wow. Yeah. And then, if you go, if you go to the mountains, and I'll, I'll hit some numbers real quick. Um, if, if you go to the mountains at altitude, you're going to have to absolutely double them. So, let's let's talk about that real quick. Um, the studies that have been done, filtering out all the BS of the diet industry and everything. Um, the the original studies that the FDA did. Uh, gosh, I think close to 100 years ago, had self-reported calorie intake of the majority of American men was approximately 2,450 calories. So let's just call it 2,500 because there's a plus or minus of about 150 or 200 as, as your range. Um, and then, of course, about 15% less than that for women. So let's just call it 2,500 uh, calories. So you know, if you bump that up, you're going to be looking at about 3,500 calories during the winter. If, and again, this is if you're an active person outdoors, um, where, of course, while you're being active outdoors, you have extra requirements for heat. And, of course, your, your power output requirements, be, just because of the clothing you're wearing, have, oh, have to go up. Yeah, I didn't right? even think of that. And then the re- yeah. Right, and then the resistance of the snow and the fact that everything you do is a high step. 
So you're doing exponentially more work in the winter as well. So you've got to power that. You've got to fuel it. Then if we go to altitude, that's just, it's, it's that on steroids. So you've got to double to about 5,000 calories a day. And you've got to, uh, I guess while we're at it, the same thing goes for hydration. Um, in the lowlands, uh, increase your, your water intake by a solid 50% or more. And in the mountains at altitude, like if you go from, you know, where you're at, Carl, but you, then you go to Colorado Springs, you're going to have to double your water intake. Um, average water intake should be half your body weight in ounces per day at a minimum. Um, so then if you went to Colorado Springs, you would want to drink uh, one ounce per pound of body weight uh, minimum. Wow, that's two gallons. That's, that's two gallons for me. It's a lot, but I bet you're thirsty. Now, but I bet you're thirsty. I bet you, I, I, you know, like me sitting here oh, thinking yeah. about drinking two gallons of water is like, wow, I'd have to struggle. But I'm, I would imagine right. that you become very thirsty, especially if you don't start drinking water proactively and you crash Extremely. into feeling dehydrated. You're going to be like, oh god, I'm going to drink a gallon of water and like right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and, and eventually you'll adapt. But we can talk about that in metabolic efficiency. <laughs> well, and I, so so I just want to mention or ask a question. Maybe you're going to answer this later. Yeah. But it seems that anything that messes with hydration levels that mm-hmm. well, that quickly, could also mm-hmm. cause some uh, hyperkalemia, hypernutremia, hyper. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I oh, would yeah, imagine yeah. that you're you're there. There are some telltale signs that could be really nasty when you're dehydrated. Like, I'm sure you could have changes in heart rhythm and stuff like that, right? You could. Most people won't, won't see that. What they'll, what they'll experience is cramping. Ah. Um, they'll get cramping. Um, they'll, they'll develop some nausea. Um, that, that'll be a part of it. Those are the really big ones that yeah. we see. Um, that, and, and, of course, what, what's, what's troubling in those environments is that people don't just have that in isolation. It's kind of everything starts to crash. So they, mm. uh, they get cold and they're nauseous and now they've got cold sweats and they're, and that's a contributing to the whole thing. And, and they're, Oh God, and, I couldn't even imagine feeling that way and being in the freezing cold at the same time. That would be like, it, shoot me now. <laughs> that's it. It, it's pretty awful. It's, it's gotta be awful. terrible. So, and then, and then <laughs> man, Oh my God. So like you said, you know, salting your food is good, but you have to understand that it's more of the full electrolyte spectrum that you need. It's not just sodium, because actually the right. bigger issue is chloride. You oh. know, so you need the sodium, you need the chloride, you need the potassium, potassium the magnesium, you need magnesium, calcium, right? everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely you do. Um, and of course, it's, you know, especially calcium is what will give you the heart, uh, heart arrhythmias real quick. Um, but again, most people won't won't um, get that far. Won't won't feel that. Yeah. They won't figure it out. They'll usually die from hypothermia before they have ever have an indication that there's heart arrhythmias um, because you're dehydrating and and and, and, and why, don't, why don't we go into hypothermia? Let's go ahead and take the break on that nice thought, that pleasant thought. Okay. You'll, you'll probably be dead already. <laughs> don't worry about it. Hypothermia will get you. You don't have to worry about struggling <laughs> through uh, elevated calcium levels, making your heart race. Uh, we're going to take we're a quick commercial help. break. Yeah, we're here to help. We're here to help make you feel good <laughs> about yourself today because you're not one of those guys freezing on the side of a hill right now. All right, we'll be right back.
Hey, this is Carl. Start your day just like I do with a high-dose lipospheric vitamin C from Live On Labs. You, too, can benefit from Live On Labs' lipospheric delivery system. No more pills or powders. That's outdated technology. Live On Labs has the world's most efficient vitamin delivery system, period. Learn a lot more today at liveonlabs.com and benefit from their new reduced pricing. That's liveonlabs.com, L-I-V-O-N, labs.com. 4.6 million years of evolution gave us the blueprint for the perfect protein supplement for humans. So why do all protein supplement manufacturers ignore it? We don't. The first human-appropriate protein supplement is Thrive Advanced. Built around the blueprint of mother's milk, Thrive Advanced contains the amino acids, peptides, micronutrients, enzymes, probiotics, and vitamins that support protein absorption and assimilation. All of our dairy proteins come from happy cows on pastures here in the United States and are low heat pasteurized. You'll never find any artificial sweeteners, additives, or ingredients. You won't even find thickeners or gums in Thrive Advanced. And we back up our label claims with post-production lab analysis that's available right on our website. Visit superhumanradio.com and click the Thrive Advanced banner ad and use code SHR and save 50% off your entire order today. Do you know how to properly use carbohydrates to ignite your performance in the field and in the gym? You will now, thanks to this free book by EFX Sports. The Carb User's Guide for Maximum Performance reveals why omitting carbohydrates from your diet can totally crush your gains. Ever wonder how many grams you need for your specific sport? Not anymore. We give you the critical number you need to dominate your competition. You'll even discover the super carb that's taking the athletic world by storm. You must try it to believe it. Go to getcarbolin.com forward slash carb guide today and get your copy absolutely free. Once again, it's G-E-T-K-A-R-B-O-L-Y-N.com forward slash C-A-R-B-G-U-I-D-E. If you followed my transfer on Facebook, you've been wondering what I've done to create such dramatic results. One of the things is I've started every day with the Kegenix Prime and then trained fasted and remained fasted till my first meal at 2 o'clock. Kegenix Prime gives me all the energy I need while shutting down hunger. And since the ketones are bound to a quad mineral blend, I'm getting all the magnesium, calcium, potassium, and sodium I need to keep my minerals in balance. Try Kegenix Prime yourself. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Kegenix banner ad today and save 25% off your first purchase. Kegenix Prime. I couldn't have done it without it. New Mass Pro Synthogen X2 just upped its own legendary game. To distance itself even further from the rest of the pack, Synthogen X2 now has double the key active ingredients. If you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like, Synthogen X2 delivers. See why others compare it favorably to powerful bodybuilding drugs at Synthogen.com. Mass Pro Synthogen. When you train with it, you'll gain with it. Mitochondrial uncoupling is the holy grail of fat loss. Making mitochondria work harder raises body temperature and metabolic rate without the jitters of stimulants. Now there is an over-the-counter mitochondrial uncoupler that will let you shred your body down to the last pounds of body fat. It's Trojan Horse. This is the supplement breakthrough of the decade. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Trojan Horse banner ad. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your order today. BlackstoneLabs.com. Trojan Horse. This is the Superhuman Channel, where brawn and brains finally meet. Welcome back to Military Fitness Radio. Check out Redcon 1's website, R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one, 
Com. They've got a pre-workout there if you're into pre-workouts called Total War. I can only take a half a dose of it. But then I'm old, and I don't want to stroke out while I'm deadlifting <laughs> in the morning. You know, I got, I'm trying to I'm trying to keep all the pieces that aren't broken from being broken right now. That's 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 the goal for the second half of my life. All right, so um, water intake that's a big deal, obviously. Uh, high yeah. fat, high carbs. Uh, but but do you ignore protein entirely, or you just assume that you're getting enough protein? And what's enough protein? I mean, do you care about do you care about protein synthesis? Do you care about muscle loss? Or you think muscle loss is is not a bad idea? You're carrying less weight. It's um you know your your body will adapt to what it is that you're doing to your sport specifically. Uh, when it comes to protein intake, we don't increase protein during the winter time because there's no um, there's no thermogenic uh, in, you know benefit to doing so. It's, it's hard, uh, you know, more difficult to break down. So as long as you're bringing in enough to heal the body, then we really don't care. And, and you know, for me, I'm, I'm not one of these high-protein guys. And uh, most endurance athletes and most um, mountaineers, most winter athletes um, are actually on a relatively low-protein diet. Uh, they're, they're actually, you know, kind of limiting it to about 20% of, of intake, Um you know, well, and, but and, but it makes know. perfect sense. You know what? I just thought of it while you're talking about it. So protein is very very mm-hmm. difficult for the body uh, to digest, uh, and mm-hmm. it, and it, and it actually takes a lot of energy, cellular energy, and mm-hmm. uh, that may be a good thing when you're the average person. But when you're in the freezing cold, and all the resources need to be uh, going to keeping your body functioning at this cold weather. You don't need, it's almost like having a race car and then putting an air conditioning uh, unit on the motor. You're going to pull power away from the engine. You don't want that power pulled away from the engine. You want it to get to the rear wheels. Yeah. Right, right. It's a, it's That's a great exactly point. Right. It's a great point. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and just to expand on that, just for a moment, you know, before the break, uh, the last break there, we talked just a, a brief mention of the fact that the actual work, if you were to measure the amount of work you know, let's say in watts or whatever that you do during the day uh, when you are, in fact, outdoors and doing something like skiing or snowshoeing or just walking in the wintertime and, and working against the resistance of wind and heavy clothing, that, that uh, power output, that amount of work that you do is exponential. And so one of the things that I always find a little bit interesting is people do not understand that, that working, out, uh, working outdoors, uh, whether it's work or exercise, is actually a great way to lose weight. And what a lot of guys uh, come to realize, if they're stationed in cold-weather areas and they train outdoors all the time, these guys get very lean and very ripped very quickly because they're burning so much energy. You're actually stuffing your face with more food than you've ever eaten in your life, and you can't keep the weight on if you're, for example, a biathlon guy or a mountain warfare guy uh, carrying a pack in the snow up a mountain, I mean, it's unbelievable the metabolic demands that are made on the body, um, and you lose weight really fast. In fact, it's it's quite a problem. So, uh, well, just well, throwing that out there. <laughs> here, here, well, here's something. So we talked about increasing water. Uh, do you want to touch on any more of that? Because I, the next one is really cool, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. No. No. Go ahead. I would have never thought that hygiene and grooming would play a role in my decisions on how to approach training outdoors or even, you know, having to do, do important tasks outdoors. Um, yeah. I, I, and the, the, I would imagine that the hairier you are, the better you are. Is that is that accurate? 
up to a point. Um, I, I have an opinion on that. And, you know, we see a lot of guys growing these pretty big, gnarly beards. And, and first of all, you know, growing hair, of course, you know, as human beings, if you go back to the, you know, what I call the indigenous human back in our original state, you really did need as much hair as, as possible in the northern latitudes in order to stay warm. Uh, because what it does is it traps uh, a layer of, of air. It, it creates what's called dead air space next to the skin. And it does pretty dramatically improve your ability to work outdoors uh, without additional protection in the form of clothing and all that kind of thing. So that's really good. Uh, it's just kind of a, a personal pet peeve. I don't like the beards that, that get so long that half the food and the water that you take in ends up in your beard. Um but I'll say, I'll concede the fact that if you're going to be a slob, that doesn't take away from the fact that you're putting that nice uh, dead air space next to your skin and insulating your skin. Um, it just looks, you know, it just looks like crap. So <laughs> right. um, I, I believe in a, a more neat professional appearance is all. Um, but it, but it's absolutely a good idea. <clears throat> and then having, you know, hair, you know, pretty much anywhere and everywhere on your body is good. Because anytime that you're taking that hair off, you're taking away, even if it doesn't look like much, you would be very, very surprised at how much heat is being trapped by even the smallest amount of hair, uh, whether it's, you know, on women's legs or, um, you know, there's, there's men that are swimmers but also runners, you know, and they'll, they'll shave their legs. And, you know, then, of course, they've got to get the extra heavy-duty uh, running tights for when they're running outdoors because they, they cut off that hair on their legs. Right. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to the hair and everything, it, it is, it's interesting. You know, you have to understand how insulation works. And of course, anytime that we take an insulation, so for example, if we take a goose down that we, you know, we have in our nice puffy jacket. Right. And we, and we get that wet and we stick it together. It loses its insulation properties because it, it loses the ability to have that dead airspace. Right. So if we then take hair gel and run it through our hair, what we've just done is taken all of that hair and just turned it into something that conducts cold um, and, and takes away from that insulation value. So whether it's men or women using grooming products in their hair, you dramatically reduce uh, the insulative capacity of your hair when you do that. So you really don't want to do that. Um, and then, of course, because everything is so dry, you do actually want to maintain your hair and maintain your scalp and your skin. So, you know, one of the more popular, very old things to do is to use, uh, of course, you know, we're, we're not in the Native American days anymore, so we won't use animal fat. But, you know, you can use, for example, uh, put coconut, uh, coconut oil in your hair, uh, leave it in for an hour or so. It's going to soak into this hair and the scalp, and it'll condition it. And then you can just um, take a real mild... Um, uh, soap and, and or shampoo and, and wash it out, and it'll leave your your hair and your scalp very well conditioned, so it's nice and soft. Um, the the skin's good. You're not going to get dandruff and all that other fun stuff. Um, and then of course, just you know, bumping up that fat content in your diet helps to maintain your skin better. Uh, because the the better your skin is maintained, the better it functions the way that it's supposed to uh, to to release. You know, for example, sweat and to hold up against the, the ravages of the wind and the cold. So, yeah, it does, it does really go quite deep. <laughs> everything yeah. matters. Yeah. It's a, well, everything matters when you get in extreme conditions. That's really when 
you, you there's no room for or margin for error on anything. Right, right. Now, one of the things you can do on the skin, this is most most applicable on your face and on your hands, uh, because those are the areas that are going to take the biggest beating. There's a product called Dermatone that's out there. It's used by skiers. It's been used for decades. Uh, it's fantastic. It's really, really good. A um, little bit expensive, though. Uh, the big benefit that it has is it's got some SPF built into it. It's, I don't know whether it's 15 or 30. I don't remember, and I don't have a can in front of me. But that definitely helps because you have to remember it's also not just the cold when you've got snow, but you, you've got an increase in your ultraviolet ray exposure because it's not just what's shining down on you. It also comes down, hits the snow, and bounces back up. And so you're getting hit twice. Um, and as a matter of fact, it's not uncommon um, for mountaineers, you know, as, as they're climbing and they've got their mouth hanging open and they're mm-hmm. panting, mm-hmm. they'll actually sunburn the top of their mouth on the inside no of the mouth. That's kidding. how bad it is. Yeah, absolutely. Up inside the nose. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've had that myself. Wow. It's, it's quite painful. Yeah. That, 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 um, that's a surprise, that one right there. And I would imagine, what, doesn't your tongue burn too then? No, your tongue is lower. Your uh, tongue is lower. It's 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 catching the upward, um, off the, the snow. upward angle of the yeah, rays. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, if you if you don't want to use dermatone, then you can just go the old Vermont farmer route and use bag bomb. Um, <laughs> and what you want to do, this is important actually for any product that you put on your skin. Most of these products are are petrolatum based, and there's an issue with petroleum in that um, a little bit okay and too much is is too much um what you don't want to do is lather it on really thick and then what's going to happen is it's going to freeze on your skin and actually mm-hmm. might make things a little bit worse right you want to rub you you want to rub in only as much as your skin will absorb leave it for a few minutes and then wipe off you know with, with a cloth but why, wipe but off why couldn't you left. why couldn't you just use animal fats like mink oil or uh you know um you know, there's a, there's a lot of oils out there that they sell for the yeah. care, the care of leather goods, like hunting uh, jacket, you know, the, the gloves and stuff like that. I mean, right. why not just use some animal byproduct? I mean, I would eat between me and you. I hate yep. petroleum based. Uh, yeah. Skin. yeah, They dry they dry you out too. They actually pull fluid out of the skin and toward yeah. them. And there's a lot of a lot of issues about covering large areas of your body with that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, anything that says mineral-based, oil-based, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's, it's really a petrolatum, as you're talking about, Vaseline. Yeah. Why, not, yeah. why not just use some beef tallow? Why not just use some, some, some pork fat? I mean, you know, I know that sounds ridiculous, yeah. but why not? Well, well, traditionally, they did. Um, you know, so whether it's beef tallow or lard or, or whatever, what have you. Um, that's certainly something that you can do. One, one of the products and one of the reasons why bag bomb is so good is that there's a very high dose of lanolin ah. in it, which comes from sheep, yeah. which is the sheep's natural skin protectant. Right. It's, it's their skin protectant oil, and it's unbelievably good. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so that's why, you know, we've always gone with bag bomb up here in the Northeast Kingdom of, of Vermont. Um, and northern New England, Canada. It's very popular across the world. I had no idea until I started promoting it. Um, and it's funny because the company is right here in Lindenville, Vermont. I know everyone that works there. Um, you know, I mean, we used to get it by the 55-gallon drum. I got to get some. Uh, they, I got to get I'm going to get some. 
I, I know I've heard of yeah. it. I've heard of it before, but I thought bag bomb. I thought it was when you had dry skin, uh, you know, in a, in a in a, a very specific area of your body. Um, no, it's it's for anywhere your, for your for it's your bag for your bag. I thought it was for your bag. That you right, <laughs> yeah. Right. I've got I've yeah, got chafing, and my bag know. is a little chafed, and I need some right, bag bomb. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we have no, to take it's, it's original. Go ahead, I'm sorry. That? No, no, go, go, go. It's originally why? Uh, it was originally made for for uh, cows, udders, and teats, and of course, it, it works on on anything and everything. Now yeah. it's got some petrolatum in it, but it's like I said, it's got that huge dose of lanolin in it, yeah. and it's just fantastic. It's it's one of the the big secrets in in the special operations community. So many guys use it for lots of things. Um, but then, of course, you can treat it from the inside as well if you're getting a lot of good saturated fat oh. in your diet and a lot of bone broth and collagen and whatnot. You're going to build that skin from the inside out. Um, and then just real quickly to answer you as to why the petrolatum, it, it's that when you have that really thin layer just as much as your skin will absorb, it helps to actually block that wind and prevent the damage uh, and, and whatnot from actually getting to the skin Um and yeah, it becomes a shield. It becomes a shield. Yeah, yeah, interesting. But if you wanted to use, you know, emu oil, vitamin E oil, um, you know, lanolin, a, a more pure lanolin. The problem is, lanolin smells like sheep. Yeah, I know. and and that sucks. So you don't, you know, that's terrible. It actually, makes me want to throw up. But um, <laughs> I know they do smell disgusting. They and so do yeah. goats. And the, the truth is, so do if you have enough goats in one spot, they smell pretty disgusting too. Goats are worse, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yep. I want to take our last commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about technology, uh, health, and general living. We still have those topics to cover. This is Military yeah. Fitness Radio. Uh, Nate Morrison is at the wheel. I am his Ed McMahon. I, As you can tell by the bag bomb uh, a joke, uh, <laughs> I am here for comic relief. Uh, MilitaryMultisport.com is the website if you want to reach out to Nate. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. How to properly use carbohydrates to ignite your performance in the field and in the gym? You will now, thanks to this free book by EFX Sports. The Carb User's Guide for Maximum Performance reveals why omitting carbohydrates from your diet can totally crush your gains. Ever wonder how many grams you need for your specific sport? Not anymore. We give you the critical number you need to dominate your competition. You'll even discover the super carb that's taking the athletic world by storm. You must try it to believe it. Go to getcarbolin.com forward slash carb guide today and get your copy absolutely free. Once again, it's G-E-T-K-A-R-B-O-L-Y-N.com forward slash C-A-R-B-G-U-I-D-E. The benefits of a keto diet are immeasurable health resist disease mental function and even performance but getting into ketosis can take weeks if even at all now you can get into ketosis in 10 minutes keto cana is the first ketone powder that has been clinically shown to switch you into a ketogenic state by providing a rush of ketones into the bloodstream like to train fasted or want to spare more muscle glycogen during workouts take a shot of keto cana and hit it hard go to superhumanradio.com and click the keto cana banner ad today there are 
are a few products that I believe in the way I believe in CanSee eye drops. I've been using CanSee for six months now, and the changes in my vision are nothing short of amazing. Wow, that's an old commercial. The truth is, I've been using CanSee eye drops for 11 years now, and I credit CanSee eye drops as being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at 58 years old. CanSee eye drops improve the quality and health of your eyes indefinitely. That's why I both use and endorse CanSee eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com and learn about how CanSee eye drops can improve the health of your eyes and the quality of your vision today. Now, the number one best-selling non-hormonal anabolic agent at PredatorNutrition.com. Progenidrex has established itself as the category killer. If you're having difficulty gaining muscle while staying lean, you owe it to yourself to try Progenidrex. 100% of store reviews rated it at five stars, the highest possible ranking. And today, right now, there are guys pouring their hearts out in the gym with little or nothing to show for it. Don't waste any more time. Go to PredatorNutrition.com today and get Progenidrex, the world absolute best drug-free muscle gainer. Hey, this is Carl. Start your day just like I do with a high-dose lipospheric vitamin C from Live On Labs. You too can benefit from Live On Labs lipospheric delivery system. No more pills or powders. That's outdated technology. Live On Labs has the world's most efficient vitamin delivery system, period. Learn a lot more today at liveonlabs.com and benefit from their new reduced pricing. That's liveonlabs.com, L-I-V-O-N, labs.com. U.S. Wellness Meats is the leader in home-delivered, high-quality animal protein. Grass-fed beef, lamb, bison, and dairy. Plus, wild-caught seafood, heritage pork, and free-range poultry. Everything delivered right to your door within days of your order. There is no one better to supply you and your family with the highest-quality pastured meat product and dairy than U.S. Wellness Meats. Save 15% off when you use the coupon code SHR, go to superhumanradio.com and click the U.S. Wellness Meets banner ad today. Ever feel like you want something crunchy? From the company that gave us the Quest Protein Bar, now comes the Quest High Protein Potato Chips. With 21 grams of high quality protein and only 5 grams of carbs and no artificial ingredients. Just like Quest Bars, you'll feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest High Protein Potato Chip banner ad today and get ready to be satisfied. Thanks to Quest Nutrition, chips just aren't what they used to be. Move over, superheroes. This is the Superhuman Channel. Either you're with those who love freedom. Welcome back. Okay, so what we're talking about today is uh, cold weather training, being prepared to actually uh, exert yourself and get things done in the cold. And there's it, it, some considerations that uh, need to be taken into account. If you're tuning into the show live late, you need to listen to the podcast later because there's a lot of really good details in here on how to function at the best and keep yourself safe. Then, of course, we have the luxury today of things that they didn't have 100 years ago, and that's pretty much technology. Um, so, uh, but technology becomes less functional in the cold, doesn't it? It absolutely does. It, have you ever gone, you know, have you ever been on a cold day, let's say somewhere that has snow and gone to the gas station and tried to use your card outdoors at the pump? Have you ever tried that? Yes. Yes. And, and have you seen where that LCD screen just, you, it doesn't really respond. It lags, it lags, it fades, it, it doesn't want to work. Yeah, because that liquid is freezing in there. Yeah, the, the whole thing is, 
is getting jammed up and gummed up. Um, and then remember that's got uh, 120 volts continuous running to it, and it's still running like that. Now imagine, let's say that you're using something like a um, a Garmin or a Wahoo or Timex um, a heart rate monitor and all that, and you decide that you're going to wear that watch on the outside of your cold weather clothing, completely exposed to the element. Huh. That's not going to go well. Battery <laughs> battery power battery power drops to very like almost nothing for you know self-contained yeah. batteries. I mean, car batteries are designed. You know, to, yeah. to to be in that conditions, but one of those little flat disc batteries in a in a wearable device, uh, as soon as it yeah. gets cold, that thing just stops putting out power. Yeah, it wrecks it, and and a lot of times in minutes. So, like when you get down below, like I said, fifteen degrees, uh, it's unbelievable. I went out uh, yesterday, and just having my uh, my Garmin watch in a in a vehicle that wasn't warmed up, uh, I just kept checking the power, and I was watching as I was driving to town as the power reserve on that thing was dropping just because I was in a cold vehicle. I mean, granted, the cold vehicle was 10 below zero, but, you know, um, <laughs> with that exposure. So if you want to maintain your any of your fitness devices that you're using, you've got to put them inside your warmest layer. Mm. Um, if that means that you can't constantly look at your heart rate, deal with it. Um, you know, it, maybe you've got a pocket you can slip it into or something, um, I tend to put it uh, on a string around my neck so that I can just haul it out ah, and kind of check. Good idea. And what you learn, for example, if you're walking or running, is you learn what it feels like. Uh, and literally, what you know, you should be able to feel your heart, and you should feel your breathing, and you should be able to correlate that to what the heart rate is that you need to be training at. And you know, in another show, we can talk about the Borg scale and rate of perceived exertion and all that kind of thing. But you really do need to develop that. And one of the things I like about devices is that people are so out of touch with their body, they don't know anything. They, they don't understand anything. Training with a device will teach them how to use rate of perceived exertion, like the, uh, like the Borg scale or the modified Borg scale. Um, and so then you won't even need those devices, and, and you won't be overtraining or overdoing it because you understand how your body is supposed to work. So use the warmer months to train yourself for the winter months where you're just going to more or less abandon technology if you're up here in the north. So okay. that's, my, uh, <laughs> that's my thoughts on that. No, no, that's a very good po point because people will go out and think that all this stuff is going to work and they're going to find that it doesn't. Um, you have a, a, an, an item you want to talk about here that just says health. <laughs> What yeah, does that encompass? Yeah. I mean, hopefully you're healthy before you get out there and do this. You don't want to be, I mean, you don't want to start anything from scratch and put yourself under a lot of pressure. But you, I would imagine that most of the people at this point in time listening to the show, they're, they're healthy already, right? You would, you would hope so. And, and if not, uh, my, my big advice is take it slow. Take it, take it so much slower than you think that you should. Um, because, again, remember, we, we don't want you sweating. We don't want you burning too much energy. Um, we want you, uh, you, you know, we want to keep you healthy and we want to keep you safe. So real quickly, before I jump too deep into this, I want to, I want to jump back to one of the threats that we have from cold. Okay. And that is the fact that that cold, 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 dry air coming in through our nose and through our mouth and into our lungs is going to severely irritate and, uh, in some cases even damage the tissue in our lungs. So especially for someone who's just kind of getting started, 
it, or, or doesn't have a long history of training in the wintertime or in cold temperatures or has decided to get off their butt this week and not last week or, or you know, maybe 10 or 15 days from now. I have no idea how long this vortex is going to last. Um, but you have to understand that, you know, if you go running and you haven't run for a long time or doing cardio or something like that, just the alveoli in your in your lungs opening up causes a lot of irritation mm-hmm. and you're going to be coughing for days. Mm-hmm. Well, magnify that times 10 um, and maybe a little bit more if you've been inactive and now you go out in, in really cold temperatures. So the more intensity that you bring to your walk or your run or skiing or snowshoeing or whatever, um, the, the more you're going to try to open those lungs up and the more that really cold air is going to hit those lungs. And so there's this adaptation period of a couple of weeks where you're going to be coughing your butt off as you're dealing with working in, in cold to, and especially extreme cold, where that lung tissue actually has to toughen up. And after that, you'll be fine. Um, but it does help. If, yeah, and it helps if you, for, for example, wear like a, a wool or a neoprene scarf mm-hmm. over your uh, mouth and nose to help provide a buffer where that air can warm up a little bit before it gets into into your uh, into your lungs. Well, when you look so, at when you look at um, uh, apex predators that do well in mm-hmm. the cold, you look at the, the wolf, you look at uh, the polar bear, even the, the yeah. grizzly bear. They all have long snouts, and part yeah. of the job of that snout through a venturi process, is to warm air that's coming in to the lungs. Humans yeah. don't have that lung. We don't have that. We have a very, very short nasal uh, cavity, and, and it's it literally, you know, from a venturi uh, uh, standpoint, um, you, you know, it, it's it's like a regular carburetor mounted on an engine versus one that's got, uh, you know, that big uh, that big drop down. You know, the, the, remember the, the yeah. tall stack? Yeah, long you know, intake. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. it makes, it makes a big difference. And, and from an evolutionary standpoint, that is why humans have always walked to find warmer places when we had 40,000 right. years of ice ages because it was like breathing alone was a big chore for us. And so I get it. You're yeah. right. I mean, that could really be overcoming that uh, in and mm-hmm. of itself it has to be an exercise, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and it just goes to show you how deep adaptation has to go when it comes to adapting to your environment to remain active. You know, and, and it's something that we forget in the modern world where we, we forget that, hey, the environment is also the enemy. You know, and we're surrounded. You know, enemies everywhere we look, and the, the environment will take you out just as fast as anything or anyone else. Um, but we, we tend to forget that, of course, until it gets cold, and then we become so aware that we just shut ourselves in the house and don't go outside. Well, um, and, and that actually is a great segue to the next point. Yeah. My mother used to tell me, <laughs> my mother used to always say to me, when, when it's really cold out, when you mm-hmm. come in, take your jacket off right away. Take your jacket off. That's don't, right. Don't leave your jacket on and then go back out because you're actually going to experience cold, colder. And then you have right. here, keep your house cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's true. You really want to keep your house as cool as possible. And I think what I put in the notes was you want it to be uh, slippers and sweater temperature. Now, for me, in my house, it's definitely slippers and sweater temperature. 67? 60 degrees. 60, so what do you keep your house, 60? I'm at 50. 5-0. Now, yeah, 5-0. Now, 
I don't have the luxury really of I live in a shack where wind blows through the through the walls literally, so it's kind of as good as it gets unless I'm ready. You know, if I'm willing to burn exponentially more wood or gas, then I can bump the temperature up. But that that means that my my heating bill quadruples. Right. It's it's you know I live in an unbelievably inefficient kind of shack in the woods and the mountains. Um, well, but, 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 but let's paint a better picture of this, right? The fact that you, you say I live in a shack. Oh, I was just about you to, live, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you live, you live in really like the the pinnacle of God's country. I mean, you're off, when people oh, say, yeah. "Oh, I want to get off the grid," you are off the grid. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, there's no cable TV here. There's, you know, I, I have a giant antenna on my house to get uh, the internet. So it, it's pretty interesting. But I, I don't want I don't want to spin that as like, oh, poor me, because the fact of the matter is, is that. If you could see the thing is, is you've got to condition yourself to the cold and you can't do that. See, if you're taking on external heat or creating an externally heated environment, what happens is your body does not identify the requirement Mm -hmm. to increase your resting metabolic rate. And if you do that, so if you leave your coat on all the time, then you don't need to produce heat. And so your body remains very inefficient. And then, of course, you go outside, and that and that cold hits you. Yeah. And even though you're warmer than you normally would be, you feel cold, and the body just freaks out, and your and your mind says, "Go inside, crawl under the blankets, and never come out." Right. I want to I want to address this because this is a really important yeah. nuance here. It so is. I, I did a show a long time ago about the benefits of sauna, and one of yes. the one of the benefits of sauna is it um, allows you to become more accustomed to feeling comfortable in yeah. warmer climates. Uh, so, like, people say, oh, why do you go in the sauna in the summer? Because it actually makes me feel cooler when I'm not in the sauna the rest of yeah. my life. And so there's a there's a, there's there's two thin lines on either edge, left and right, of, like, dying from cold or dying from heat. We don't really experience those until things are way, way past, oh, my God, time, Right. But what we do That's experience, right. the majority of, is just the pure discomfort of being in the cold or being in the heat. So the more you experiment with being in the cold and your body goes, ah, this isn't so bad, then when mm-hmm. you go out into the real cold, your body goes, hey, this isn't really that bad either. It makes right. perfect sense. Well, well, and not only that, let's also look at it from the perspective of adaptation to imposed demand. Mm-hmm. So it, if I have this you know, when the temperature is, is colder and I, and I feel a chill very consistently and I have to put on slippers and a sweater and all that kind of thing, uh, but not a coat, not an overcoat, it forces your body to do work. There's an imposed demand to, to, to produce heat. And when, it, when you do that to the body, then what you're also doing is you're starting to challenge the mitochondria. And so you're actually going to be able to build more mitochondria and have healthier mitochondria if you're doing this. And, you know, the, the Russians and the Scandinavians have taken this to a fantastic level, uh, you know, where they, they are very intentional. You know, when I was over in Russia, I loved this. We would work out. Um, I went to the Moscow Weightlifting Federation, and we would work out, and we would be in the sauna or in a cold bath uh, just as long as we were uh, um, working out. And then when you went out, uh, I remember there was a place, I won't really talk about it too much, but it was next to a river. And it, it was a, a special unit that was out there. But, you know, they had chopped holes in, in the river, in the ice. 
and they would, as soon as they were done working out, they would do multiple, they would just strip down naked and jump in the river. Right. Uh, right in the dead of, I mean, it was this, actually, it was exactly this type of, uh, of temperature that we're experiencing now. Right. You know, it's below zero, and they're jumping in the river. But all of these cold exposures is training the body and training the mitochondria, right. you know, to, to be more efficient, right. to produce more heat with less fuel. And that's a really, really important point. So doing things like don't wear your jacket inside, um, you know, keep the house cool, sleep in a cool room, um, you know, and, and then, like I, I put down there, spend at least an hour outdoors every day, you know, because it, it induces that challenge to the body and, and you are conditioning yourself to that environment. And so it's not as bad after that. And as a matter of fact, like for me, I love it. I can't wait to get outside because it's just so stimulating to me. And, um, you know, so that I, I think, well, and, and I guess the, I kind of, um, I kind of alluded to it in the notes where I said cold water showers and cold water dowsing. So, you know, you can go above and beyond by taking cold water showers. And of course, yeah, I get it. That sounds like insanity and madness and stupidity, but it has a profound effect on, on your psychological state and, and on your health, it's really, really good for you. Just at the end of a hot shower, just gradually keep turning the hot water off until you're into the cold and just go as cold as you can and stay in there for a few minutes and then get out, towel off. You're going to feel amazing. And, le- and let and it out. Is- if you feel the urge to, 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 to whine, cry, scream, just let oh, it out. Yeah. I, I do this at the yeah. gym. I get out of a 180-degree sauna and I go into a straight cold shower. And obviously the shower is yeah. cold right now because the pipes are cold and and I have yep. to, I have to catch my breath the first time I do it, but the second and third yeah. time I do it, it's no big deal. Yep. It's it's like okay, that's right. Yeah, and in Europe, Scandinavia, and Russia, they they even have um, it's pools and it's ice water. I mean, I was in Austria. There's a place I like to go in Austria, and they pipe the water right straight down out of the glacier directly into this pool, Damn. and so you get out of the sauna and you just jump right into it. It's amazing. Um, and, and then, you know, the funny thing is that you think it's crazy now, but you eventually, it's not even eventually, it's within just a couple of times, you start to look forward to it and feel yourself needing to do it. It's really interesting. Um, and lastly, there's a, a tradition that comes out of, again, Russia, Europe, and, and Scandinavia of cold water dowsing. And, you know, again, this sounds kind of crazy, but it's something that I really need to get back into because the benefits of it are fantastic. Um, and what you do is you, is you get the coldest water that you can in a five gallon bucket. And first thing in the morning, you get up and in your underwear, walk outside barefoot into the snow and dump that bucket of water on top of you. Um, now this has a lot of interesting effects. Uh, one of them is that it sends a signal to the body and, and your body kind of does a flash heat. So your body will spike to about, and I mean, we're talking only for a couple of seconds, your body temperature will rise to about 108 degrees, wow. which is killing off bacteria and viruses, and, and goes back down. It, it, it's a hugely therapeutic thing. It's a huge deal in Russia. Um, but it also really helps you to just stick the middle finger to the cold in a big, big way. Wakes you up. Um, that, that's a really big deal. First thing in the morning, if you're having trouble with productivity in the morning, do something extreme to your physiology. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out I'm gonna go out I'm gonna go out in the backyard tomorrow morning, uh, buck naked, 
and do this, and I'm going to let out a scream, and all my neighbors are going to look out their window and go, what the hell is he doing? Yeah. Hey, go good morning. Good morning. <laughs> How you doing? Uh, right. Why, why, why should you dramatically increase vitamin C, D, and E specifically? So, so vitamin C is a pretty easy one, uh, basically because everyone knows that vitamin C has a profound effect on health, and it, it's a pretty common thing for people to get colds during the winter or get sick during the winter. And vitamin C really dramatically improves uh, your immune system during that time. Um, the same thing goes really honestly for vitamin D, as you know. Um, vitamin D has a profound effect on the immune system, um, and, and both of these help to uh, basically just keep you healthy and keep all of your systems running because you have to remember, even, even though we have the modern food supply, even in the wintertime, we have this tendency to suffer from some pretty profound nutritional deficiencies if we're not very, very careful. Um, and so this just helps. The vitamin E is really important for your tissues, for keeping your tissues healthy, keeping them vibrant. But I have to put out a word of caution on a couple of these. Starting with vitamin E, it's very hard to find a quality vitamin E. Yeah. You really want one that has all four tocotrienols and all four tocopherols, right. and that's damn near impossible to find. And I apologize for that. Well, well, um, but, fact, but it, happen, it happens. It happens. In, it. it happens in nature, and palm fruit. Yeah. Palm fruit mm -hmm. has uh, uh, the eight uh, different variants oh, of vitamin E, and that's one one choice. And you can use palm fruit oil quite often. It'll have okay. A lot of them will only be if it's real palm fruit oil. Yeah. A lot of them will only measure the to, uh, the tocopherol, the uh, the gamma okay. or the alpha, but know yeah. that all eight of them are in there. They just don't measure them. But there are some supplements ah. out there like Vitacost. Vitacost okay. has a really inexpensive vitamin E complex with all four, and it's naturally occurring, and it comes from palm fruit oil, so it, it comes in the ratios that happen in nature. Um, yeah, okay. And they're like 100 IU or 200 IU capsules. You just take two or three oh, of those. That's it. You're done. It's good stuff. And I think okay. it's like $9 Excellent. for a bottle. It's like real cheap. Nice. Well, that's a lot less expensive than uh, the folks over at Innate Response Formulas, which has kind of been my go-to for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it really, really, that vitamin E2 really accelerates healing and recovery. Um, so, yeah, awesome. Uh, and then on the vitamin C thing, don't don't go to the to, to the drugstore and get your... You know the the ascorbic acid uh, thing. Go go and get something like um, the the full spectrum vitamin C products from like the Synergy Company is one of my favorites. Um, they've got some just phenomenal, phenomenal full spectrum vitamin C. Um, well, and I, I got to plug I got to plug one of our sponsors too. So yeah, uh, yeah. Live on Labs makes the most oh, advanced yeah. liposomal vitamin C. A thousand milligram packet is like taking ten thousand. I use of yep. anybody. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, milligrams of anybody else's vitamin C, and I kid you not. This isn't. They use liposomal vitamin C to get blood levels as high as infused vitamin C. Yeah, live on labs and, and, and some really I, good stuff. I'm glad you brought that up because I tried that years ago and it was fabulous. So Absolutely I okay. Fabulous. So make sure you message me your email address. I mean your your home address. I'm going to yeah. send you a care package of Live On Labs vitamin C and glutathione. Oh, that'd be great! Yeah, wonderful. I'll I'll, I'll send wonderful. it. I'll send it out tomorrow. Just make sure you send me your address, and I'll get that out to you. I got yeah, a bunch definitely. of it here in the studio. 
so is this a bad time to ask when we can when we can see uh, Primal D coming back? Is this it's a bad not. Time, it's in, it's actually being tested right now. Uh, and, nice. and the new version is actually going to be more like a lotion than a spray. It's going to have okay. a much much better delivery. It's it's, it's very it's very exciting. God, I love that stuff. That was just amazing. It's coming back, amazing brother. Stuff. It's coming back. Um, nice. So here's something I don't do, and I'm really okay. bad about this. And then I bitch and moan about how my hands, my fingers won't loosen up, and I'm sitting here typing, and I got to wait an hour for my hands to work. I do not wear gloves, and you say you got to wear contact gloves at all times in the cold. Period. End of story. Well, and, and the reason for this is safety in that, yeah, I mean, yeah, so actually, so you can cause a lot of problems. I, I damaged my feet when I was a kid because I was an idiot. And, you know, we would go out and, and we would play in the ditches with, where you had water and ice and slush and our boots would fill up with ice water and I couldn't even feel my feet for hours. And then, you know, we would come in because, I mean, when, you're not going to come in just because your feet are, you know, frozen. I mean, who does that? But if we allow our hands to get too, too cold um, over time, it's not quite arthritis. But, yeah, you can, you can really impact the dexterity of, of your digits. Now, the big reason, though, for wearing those contact gloves, and this could, you know, just a, a normal, like, it could even be cotton, but I prefer wool or polypropylene or even neoprene. Um, and so the, when you touch metal, you're not going to... Um, uh, stick to it, you know, if you, if you, you know, let's say your hand's just a little bit sweaty and you grab something that's metal, even a car door um, or, or the side of your car or something, um, you know, you, you run the risk of having that stick. You know, the playground, like, there was always that kid that licked the flagpole and he was stuck uh-huh. there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you can do the same thing with your hand. Um, and, of course, if, if things are really real cold, you know, it'll stick there and then cause frostbite if it's stuck there too much. So you, you just don't want to do that. You don't want to be grabbing metal. Um, and the other thing on, on the general living category that a lot of people don't understand, it's not like we have an epidemic of this, but and it's a little bit more for the folks that work outdoors. Um, you know, we have a lot of farmers and loggers here in northeastern Vermont, uh, but also for the military guys, which is, of course, where I originally learned this. Um, and, you know, you don't have the, the nice gas station experience for fueling up your vehicles. You have to be very careful with petroleum products like gasoline or winterized diesel or even motor oil because they don't freeze. So what happens is, you know, if it's 25 below zero, so is your gasoline. But, it, you know, it's deceptive. Oh, man, about it. that means you could pour it on yourself and cause yourself a nasty freeze burn. That's exactly right. Dude, exactly right. I, when you're when you're saying this, I'm thinking to myself, well, what? So big deal. So it doesn't freeze, and then I'm like, wait a minute, at 25 below zero, and you pour it on yourself by accident. I mean, that's like liquid nitrogen yeah. at that point in time. It, exactly, it's not quite as bad as liquid. No, nitrogen, I know. I'm being facetious. Bad enough. Yeah, bad yeah. enough. You know, but that's the that's that's the analogy I like to use because people don't understand. You know, that's the only thing that they can really picture. Um, so it's not like your hands are going to shatter, but boy, you'll get a pretty nasty burn and. I've treated a few of those. It's pretty interesting. Um, so, yeah, yeah, just uh, kind of a general guideline there. And, of course, here's the worst part, right, is, is let's say someone doesn't wear gloves. They go to the gas pump, grab, the, grab a metal handle where, you know, the rubberized coating is uh, maybe worn off a little bit, and maybe they do something where they, they grab the nozzle real quick and it's covered with that super-cooled freezing uh, gasoline and burn their hand. You know, um, that, that's actually how one of my patients did it to himself. Um, it was, it was a metal gas handle and, uh, he kind of lost control of it, went to catch it and grabbed it and it was super cold. So, 
Yeah, it's funny the things that will happen. <laughs> and, the, well, yeah, and, the, and the very cold weather. That's, this is all great advice. This has been a fantastic show. It really has. I, I've got one more in the, in the healthy living thing that, that we didn't cover, Carl. Please, we please. got time. Please, yes. So one of the, yeah, so one of, one of the things that becomes a staple that people I don't think understand why is soup in the wintertime. And the reason for that is, is multifold. Uh, the first big one is that soup is generally not particularly solid, or the solids that are in it don't need to be broken down very much. And so soups are much more efficient for our body to process to get the nutrition that they need. They, they don't need to burn a lot of energy breaking that food down. So that's number one. Number two, properly prepared soups and, and soups that have a bone broth um, base to them are unbelievably nutritious. Just massive, massive amounts of nutrition, lots of macro and micronutrients in these soups. Also, such an easy way to get uh, a good amount of healthy fat from animal sources into your body and, and in something that just tastes amazing. And uh, that's why soups and things like soups like chili, which really I think is a soup, um, are so good. So it's something that you really should look into. I would really get into, um, you know, I would get nourishing traditions from Sally Fallon or nourishing broth from Sally Fallon. Um, there's Bone Deep Broth from Taylor Chen and uh, Laya Mojica. Those are books that I have that I really like. They've got some fabulous recipes, and uh, the nutrition is just amazing. And, you know, when you eat that way, again, living in the winter is no big deal. What does really screw you up is too much simple sugar, too many simple carbohydrates, overly processed, uh, you know, say white bread, that type of thing, uh, too much alcohol, and nicotine. Nicotine does a number on you. So if you chew or you, um, or you smoke, what the nicotine does is it's a vasoconstrictor, mm. and it, makes, it opens you up to be much more susceptible to that frost nip or frostbite on your, uh, on your fingers, toes, nose, ears, and cheeks. So that's all I've got, Carl. <laughs> no, that's all good stuff. That's all good stuff. And if you want to get away from sugar, read my blog today, Glycine, Short and Sweet. There you go. Well, and that's big in, in, in bone broth. So Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. One, one of the things that makes bone broth so good for your stomach is it's 20% glycine by weight. Yeah. And um, yeah. little known fact, you know, everybody's using artificial sweeteners today and feeling a sense of angst because they don't know if they're really safe. Do they have spike insulin? <laughs> and then a couple studies have come out indicating that stevia may change the microbiome of the gut in not a great way. And... We use glycine at my house. And this morning I was making coffee with Elisa, and I said, uh -huh. God, I love glycine. One, teaspo <laughs> one teaspoon of, of glycine is like a teaspoon of sugar. And she goes, you should nice. write a blog today. I bet a lot of people still don't know that. You can sweeten anything. You can use it in baking. And it's just an amino acid. It's non-nutritive. Non yeah, and, and I actually did know that. It's fantastic stuff. In fact, if you look at Thrive Protein that I formulated, the, the mm -hmm. sweetener matrix is glycine and stevia. Oh, nice. Nice. I love that stuff, by the way. Yeah, I know. It's good stuff. It really is. I, I use really it post-workout. Uh, anyway, this has been a great show. I hope everybody loves it. If you love the show, please pass it around to your friends. Share yeah, it around. Yeah, please do. And we are also looking for sponsors to sponsor the show specifically. So if you are a um, gunsmith uh, manufacturer, you manufacture products for outdoor use, uh, and you want to reach this audience, 
email me at onair at superhumanradio.net. It's very inexpensive, and I promise you it'll be very, very rewarding, too. All right, brother. I think that's all we got Thank today. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Carl. Great I'll, show today. I'll see you next year, I guess, technically, right? I guess so, yeah. Now, uh, oh, wait, wait. I got to ask today. you something. So what do mountain men do for New Year's Eve? Tell, Pray tell. <laughs> do you go out, uh, you, you, go you, out and hunt, you, you hunt grizzly with a bowie knife? Is that what you do? You you you, you drink a lot and go sliding. Yeah, you, you, you go to the top of a hill and uh, drunken uh, sledding is kind of a big tradition. And, uh, and I've done this in a number of countries, so I know it's not just the American Northeast. It's uh, it's everywhere where there's mountains. That's yeah, that's what they do. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be in Nashville, Tennessee for for New Year's Eve. So if well, you live you in go. Nashville and you're listening to the show. Message me at onair at net, and uh, maybe we can meet up and have a friendly cup of coffee. All right, listen, brother, I'll talk to you uh, next week then, okay? Awesome. Thank you, Carl. Have Uh, a great one. uh, Okay, you too. Okay, happy new year, everybody. See you next week.